welcome to Mostly Max and other things. I am the aforementioned Mostly Max. Welcome to another week of this here thing. Let's just get into it, shall we? Um, first and foremost, rest in eternal peace to the legend, the icon, um, DMX. Um, we lost him last week at the age of 50. Um, and he was, he, you know what? He lived a very large life. Um, and the beauty of that is shown throughout all of the memorializations that folks have been doing about him, like across the stretch of anybody's imagination, the kind of love that he received from folks is just amazing to witness. And, you know, the young people be getting on the internet. I mean, I I mentioned this before and they like to talk bare nonsense about things they clearly don't know about. And, it's just always amazing to see all of these left behind children talking about what they don't know about, about DMX. It's, it's amazing. Like you people were not even in utero when he was popping, popping. Like, it's okay to say you don't know. Again, it's okay to say you don't know. There's plenty of Spotify and Apple music for everyone along with Google. Go do your Googles and stop, you know, airing yourself out as a dummy. Anyway. He was one of one, and we will never see anybody like him again. Um, he was a marvel. Um, his love of God and his um, openness about his struggles was refreshing in comparison to some of these other rap niggas. And the 50 years we had him, we were all very lucky. So I'll leave it there. Um, also, also, um, the desiccated husk of Prince Philip finally slithered off this mortal coil allegedly like I think he's been dead for like a decade but you know whatever you know I think they were definitely rocking a weekend at Bernie situation and they finally stopped the bullshit and pulled the plug and just let that go um people are like feeling some kind of way because none of us give a fuck (laughs) my parents are from two former colonies so imagine me giving a shit about the colonizer boy kicking off and sliding down um, probably not even on a pole like um, Lil Nas X, but just kind of like a, a slip and slide right to hell. We don't fucking care, okay? And that's the other thing, too. That dude was 99 motherfucking years old. My parents were born and raised. My dad has since died. And those folks were raised in colonies that dumb two roaches pulled up on every chance they got. So, like... They're still dealing with the fallout of being colonized by these roaches. So miss me with any kind of, oh my God, it was such a mom. Fuck you. Fuck him. And fuck them. And of course, of course, of course, they're going to go to the black girl and be like, you know, it was definitely Megan's fault that the old fart kicked. It wasn't that he was 9,900 years old. It wasn't that he wasn't a desiccated husk. It wasn't that he was just a goddamn ghost and the walking dead at this fucking point. Nah, it was, it was the, the bear, like, <laughs> it was the pregnant black girl. She did it. And she's not going to the funeral. How dare she? She's 5 million months pregnant. She could sit the fuck down. And shout out to that baby for giving her an out. So, yeah, I reiterate the fuck all that. Fuck all them. Fuck him. I don't care. And that's that on that. Um, Also, also, Bernie Madoff died. Yeah. So, he's an interesting case of the only person who really got the L during that whole grifting operation that the banks were doing and everybody else was doing. And I like that they made a example out of him, but all the other grifting that was going on, not so much. All those those Hank Greenbergs and your Jamie Diamonds and all them motherfuckers chilling, still getting money, out here grifting. Um, apparently today they said that the banks had a very good quarter because they thought that they needed to stack some money to put aside just in case everybody didn't pay their bills like their mortgages and their credit cards and shit but that didn't happen you know why that didn't happen because they put everything on pause you think people still don't still um are 
are able to pay that shit. They don't. They're not. And $1,400 wasn't going to change that shit neither. So there's that on that. And uh, fuck these banks. And, you know, I, I don't care about Bernie Madoff either. So there's that on that. Also, um, justice for Dante Wright, um, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. Um, we couldn't even let the trial for the other black man they murdered finish out before they got back on it and jumped back on that wagon and murdered another black woman's child. So I believe that was Sunday that, um... Dante was killed by this bitch whose name I'm not going to bother with. Um, You know, the whole thing is police abuse inception because this broad was creating a narrative while she murdered him, which is really inception. I mean, she's a 26-year veteran who was training another cop at the time when she murdered this young man. And she couldn't tell the difference between a taser and a gun, just like the cat who killed Oscar Grant and a couple of other folks who, old and young, apparently don't know the difference between a taser and a gun. So, yeah, she she was training an officer, probably in how to get over. Also, also, she was the head of the police union for a minute, and she was also training officers on how to get over then. So we'll see how many white tears she sheds um, when they finally, um, charge her with manslaughter. Cause you know, what they do is they either overcharge or undercharge, making it hard to make a case, which is why they always slither off, which is what I pretty much expect here as well. Um, as usual, the response to peaceful protest is war games in these streets on taxpayer dollars. We got the, the heavy artillery out. We got the armored trucks. We have, we have, uh, the pepper balls, the the smoke grenades. We've got the National Guard. Um, you know, they, they jumped into action in a way that the cats in D.C. couldn't even manage to do when all of them hood rats ran up to the Capitol on the 6th of January. The energies never kept, um, you know, they were fiddling around while Rome burned in D.C., but baby, let the people come out. To say, hey, maybe stop killing us. Nah, let's let's do damage. Let's, you know, blow your eyes out with with rubber bullets and uh, victimize you some more. Let's do more trauma. That's what we'll do. More fucking trauma. Because why not? Anyway, I expect the same amount of nothing to come out of this. I expect the same amount of trauma to come out of this. I, I expect nothing but the worst because that is what we all know to expect as black people in this country. And ain't shit changed and ain't shit sweet. So that's pretty much all I got on that. Um, I just watched this week's This Is Us and this discussion between Kevin and Randall regarding Randall having a black ass existence in these uh, uh, white folk streets. It is something. That whole boy Kevin was peak whiteness it was whoever wrote that kudos to them because they they nailed it you know kevin was pretending he ain't know no better he came with his perfectly uh executed um apologies about making you know feeling badly that he made randall feel sad and alone and randall was like okay and then, you know, Kevin did, was not happy with that response. Obviously, this is all spoilers. So if you ain't watching it, yet, you might want to skip ahead. But whatever. Yeah, so Man's Dem was doing the thing that white people like to do when they get woke. And uh, pretend to be anyway. And pretend that they don't know the harm that they do. And they do the thing where they, oh, well, I said I was sorry. What's the fucking problem? And then, you know... Randall called the thing a thing and said, listen, I I had to do what I had to do and you made everything worse. Like, I was struck watching that whole thing, imagining growing up as a black child who went, was, you know, surrounded by whiteness, 
you know, on dint of who he was adopted by and then having to go to these schools where he's the only one and he has to be the best one and try to lay low and build and all that sort of thing and not having any respite from any of it. Like, at least I know that when I worked in an office and I had to deal with the macro and microaggressions of the white world, I knew I could come home and I had a sanctuary. Imagine not having a sanctuary and like being too young to have the words to say, well, this is goddamn draining and you people are exhausting. Like I remember a time in New York where you didn't see any white people (laughs) when you got home. They were just not there. And like, you just, it, you knew you went home on Friday. You were not going to see any white people until you went back to work on Monday. But you had to, you had your respite and you had to build yourself up to go back into the lion's den again on Monday. Obviously, that ended with gentrification and um, th- those days are dead. And whatever spaces you carve out for yourself, you really have to carve out for yourself. And it's damn impossible to do that almost these days. But the idea of not creating any kind of, there's no sanctuary for you, which is probably why he grew up and created a sanctuary with Beth and their kids and created that life for him, which is also why he wanted to go to Howard and, you know, be in the middle of everything. In his alternative life, he was a fuckboy Q. (laughs) Had things been different, but I I thought it was a a good, it was a well-handled discussion. I feel like the the kind of neat little bow that they put on it it's not realistic because it's a conversation that has to keep happening and you know cats just you know pretend they don't know but they know when you say something and you're like whatever and they try to gaslight you on some oh you just being whatever and you should be grateful that's always the thing they they come with black folks. You should be grateful that we let. We you should be grateful that you have. You should be grateful that you were given because ain't nobody fucking give us shit, okay? Everything we get we got to fight for 10 times over and continue fighting for. So suck my dick with that bullshit. But like it was it was definitely a conversation. Anywho, this week on the podcast, I have an interview that I did with the stupendously talented and gorgeous um stylist uh film stylist um costume stylist uh diva queen uh charlize antoinette jones she's super young and super smart and super talented and she did the damn thing this year with the work that she did on uh judas and the black messiah i was very excited to be able to sit down and talk to her about her career and um yeah, she's amazing. And she was a, no- a recent nominee for the Costume Designers uh, Guild Awards. Um, unfortunately, she did not win, but she has my vote for the best of the year. Um, and it was just great to see her just on this run of um, just fucking being excellent and dope. And she's she's dope. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. I know I did, as I always do. And it's coming up in two seconds today on the podcast i am super 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 excited to have a recent nominee for best costume design by the costume designers guild for her amazing work on judas and the black messiah a future oscar nominee i'm calling it now um she is a jewelry designer i'm pimping out some earrings that she has made right <laughs> this moment, but y'all can't see it. You missing out. And she is uber stylish because of course, and a baddie and a Sagittarian, just like me. Her name is Charlize Antoinette Jones. Welcome to Mostly Max and Other Things. Thank you for having me. Oh, pleasure. Super, super, super excited to have you. Um, I've been standing down for a while, so this is not new for me. Um, it's been a pleasure to watch you work really and see your work. Like, you know, you hear it, you talk about it, but like, you know, you don't really like see it like in like the big sense. So um, getting to see you do your thing for Judas and the Black Messiah has been fucking amazing. And also seeing you on this run has been just so gratifying. So once again, welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's funny. Cause like, I have like a lot of friends and family who've been following my career 
and they've seen my work. And so this is just like for them, it's about time. Everyone else knows, you know, and, and I just right. appreciate that much so much. It's so sweet. And then there's a lot of other people who aren't familiar with my work who are getting familiar with me now. And that's also beautiful. So it's, it's really dope. I love it. I love it for you. So let's get into it. So first question, what do you do and why do you do it? Awesome. Um, I am a designer and that manifests into a couple of mediums. I'm a costume designer and then I'm also a product designer. I've designed apparel for a while and then um, jewelry and now some consumer goods. So my primary thing is I'm a designer. And I think the reason why I'm a designer is because um, I enjoy creation. I enjoy um, making things. I enjoy creating things that people love to interact with, whether it's on film or, you know, things that they wear that I've made or, you know, like I've ventured off into some consumer goods like candles and like that creates like an ambiance and an experience, you know? So I enjoy creating things people love to interact with, beautiful things, um, as such as clothing and fabrics and, you know, jewelry. And um, I do it because, also because I love it, you know, like everything that I do, I love. Everything that I create, I love. Everything that I've worked on, I love. And so it's just for me important that I do things that I love and I love creating and I love designing. Yeah. And a lot of people don't get to say that. So that is an amazing, amazing thing. So kudos to you. So second question, how did you get started in your industry? Uh, I got started as an intern, actually. And um, I don't think unpaid internships are legal now. <laughs> but that's how I got started. And, um, and I have no regrets because it led to a career and me making more money than I ever thought I would be able to make, um, you know, as a freelancer. So I don't regret that two weeks I worked for free at all. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I had no ends into this industry that is largely um, linked to familial ties. You know, a lot of people in this industry are family, um, you know, or they, you know, know, the right people went to the right schools. I didn't do that. I kind of had to like, you know, find another avenue and another way in. So I worked as an unpaid intern on a movie um, with Ellen Mirajnik, who just did Bridgerton. Mm. And um, yep, and Jenny Garing, who's probably most well known for the Americans, that TV series. Oh yeah. And yep, and so I interned for them for two weeks and then the costume key on that job referred me for a paid job on another show um a pilot with David Robinson who's probably most well known for Zoolander and Donnie Brasco okay and um and his assistant was Meredith Markworth Pollock and her and I are friends to this day and um she went on to do the Di Dynasty reboot on the CW mm -hmm. and um Rain which is also another amazing CW show and um right now she's doing the um the Monica Lewinsky American Crime Story oh wow uh, yeah. <clears throat> so these are the people I worked with early on. And then from there, I just worked my way up and I just kept working with different people and um, worked my way up through every position in the costume department and um, designed my first film in 2012 and just kept on going. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's like, you know, that's the kind of thing you want to hear about in terms of how people have kind of just made their bones. Because it's like you said, most of the time cats are just pulling up because they know somebody, there's somebody, somebody, um, they they had the connect, they went to the same school, they lived on the same block, they know the same fam. You know, it, it's nice to hear like just the progression, which is, I mean, as an HR person, that's the kind of shit you want to see on a resume, just active, constant progression upwards. And it's kind of like, oh, they grinding, grinding. All right, then. So like, you feel like you can trust them to really bust their ass to do what needs to be done. So that is fucking dope to hear. Um, so my third question is, what do you hope to achieve with your career? Like, what is the final form that you'd like your career to take? Man, this is like ever changing. And I think, you know, when you hit like one goalpost and like, you know, another one, pops up and then like it just keeps moving right um when you're like an ambitious person so I don't know I mean I feel like I'm kind of doing it right now um I've been finding ways to like uh be of service and give back 
to my community, you know, in the program that I started in Cleveland. I love um, that. And also, um, you know, I, I did want to be respected and well known in my industry. And so that's starting to happen, which is amazing. It is. Um, yeah, which is like really dope. And then um, I guess like, I just want to be able to leave an amazing legacy. And I feel like I'm starting that, you know, and I think mm -hmm. like, it's just going to keep growing and expanding from here, you know, like hopefully the program I started can expand. And hopefully, you know, I just continue to work on things that inspire me and are, um, and I'm continuing to be an amazing designer and continue to be well-respected, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, I think like I, I'm, I'm, I'm there in a lot of ways and it's just about like expanding. Absolutely. And I think that, I love that you like, not only that you were like intentional about the way that you move, but I also like that you were very intentional about giving back because I think a lot of people come in and you know especially in these big productions they come in they take a lot of resources from the cities that they that they do their work in and then they just kind of go thanks y'all peace and then that's the end of it I like that you left something good behind and like it would be dope to like see that happen almost every, everywhere you go you know what I mean that would be lit um so uh, my first question is what advice would you give to someone who is interested in your work? Wow. Okay. So if someone is interested in my work and I actually do give advice, um, people actually do like sign up to take, uh, uh, sign up for a call for like 30 to 60 minutes of my time. Oh, wow. So I do give people advice. Um, yeah. And so basically the advice I usually give people is create your own work and, you know, you can do this in a couple of ways. Um, you can do your own shoots. You know, especially now, like it's so much easier than when I first started out. Like now you can literally like costume design something and put it on TikTok, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, and create like a portfolio like that. You know, partnering up with people in film schools and doing short films because those usually go to festivals and get some attention. And then that's how, you know, you get um, recognition for possible representation, you know, mm -hmm. um, eventually is the by your work going to festivals. So yeah, definitely like partnering up with people in film schools is another way to like get your foot in the door and get started. Internships are uh, paid and there's like some, some apprenticeships, there's not a ton. I know uh, myself and a couple other costume designers have been working with our unions and guilds as to like how to make that like pipeline a little bit easier, you know, yeah. um, cause we're having issues with not having enough qualified assistants and mm. wardrobe supervisors. So we're all having to kind of like do this work um, because for so long it wasn't, I don't think people were really mentoring and cultivating talent the way that we are focused on it now and realizing that it's a need. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, contacting the local unions, telling them that you want to, you know, be a part of this career and seeing if they have young workers programs. Sometimes they do. Uh -huh. um, and the local unions are in New York, it's um, United Scenic Artists 8, um, 829. And in LA, it's the Costume Designers Guild um, 892 mm -hmm. for costume design specifically. And then if you want to be costume staff in any other positions like costumers, set costumers, wardrobe supervisors in New York, it's uh, IAC 764. And in LA, it's IAC 705. So contacting those locals and telling them that you're interested in this, this is a career uh, and they should be able to direct you, you know, in, in the right direction as well. Um, there's classes you can take <clears throat> in Canada, CAFCAD has classes and they're really affordable. You can also take classes at local, um, you know, state universities that offer costume design and fashion programs. So there's a lot of different avenues um, because sometimes you'll find in those programs, people who are, are teaching are costume designers or no costume designers, or mm -hmm. they might have a costume designer come speak, you know, because I get asked to speak at, you know, some of these programs and classes, and then you can keep in touch with the person. So there's, you know, there's different avenues um, to get started. It just depends on like your location, what your interests are. And that's why I just, I offer, you know, appointments because it's easier for me to tell someone specifically right. based off of like, me knowing exactly where they are in their career and where they are, you know, in life and just everything, you know, what they work they've done in the past um, to give them like a specific plan. Like this is a way you can go about, you know, making this a career. I love that. And I, I think it's wonderful that um, you're mindful about the fact 
where people are finding them where they are and trying to like nurture them so that they can get to the thing. Cause what I find is in a lot of industries, people are not really keen on delegating control away from themselves. Right. So like, they'll just sit in the seats forever, not mentor anybody behind them. And then, you know, like in politics, for, for example, there's no reason why you're like almost a desiccated husk and you're still sitting in a seat and you haven't, mentored anyone or um, identified someone who would be uh, like really good at what you currently do and mentor them so that they can get to the next level in their careers and they just kind of kick and, the, and they're, they're sitting in the seat and then it's like a, a scramble to find somebody who's el eligible for the position and I find that to be the case in a lot of industries where people are not you know reaching backward and pulling someone behind them so that they can you know, get the experience that they need so they can build their own thing and like create lanes for new people. So I love the fact that you're, you're very like intentional and mindful of, of the fact that there are people who are trying to come up in this thing who are serious about it and just need a little bit of direction. And I like that you're like, you know, carving out time for people who do that. Cause I mean, people just don't do that, especially I would guess in the, the industry that you're in, like in general, people are not really, they're trying to be the only one in the room where it's like, mm, you know, it'd be better if there were more of us, especially black folks in the room, because that that's the difference between a story being told well through everything, through the clothing, through the actual storytelling, through everything else. And then on the other side of it being absolute fucking nonsense. And everybody's like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> and that and that in itself is complex, and I'll I'll speak to that specifically. But um, it benefits me too. Right. Cultivating new talent benefits me too, and I'm just gonna be like 100 about that. It's not just about me doing this selfless act. Yes, I'm definitely like I wish I had someone to talk to, and I remember reaching out and trying to you know talk to people about this career, and no one responding back to me. So yes, that is part of why I do it. But the other part is we need good people. Like right. it's so hard for me to find a good assistant. Yeah. Like it's it's like insane how hard it is for me to find a good assistant costume designer. So I have to train people. And this is this is what it is like across the board. It's like we're all having a hard time finding people who want to um, assist. And, you know, and because like I, I assisted for years before I started designing and it makes me a better designer. So there's just like a level of understanding, like on all fronts that um, we're trying that I know myself and a couple other costume designers who are equally as passionate about this are trying to get like, you know, people are trying to get into this industry to understand and our colleagues to understand mm -hmm. like it benefits all of us you That's know, right. us doing this work, you know, and right. like it, it makes everything so much better and, and um, as a recruiter for me like finding people like people who are actually gifted and talented it should helps me too like if, if if someone brings me on to try to find somebody for them it makes my life easier to find people who are already ready to go can hit the ground running and just get to the thing so that everybody benefits you know what i mean so yeah, it's not just it's 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 a it's a key, yay. So you know, servicey, but at the same time, please and thank you. I'd like someone talented. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I'm worried about the future of our industry as well. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people in our industry who are um, who have been working for a long time and getting all these accolades and awards, like they're gonna start dying out soon. And then what's the future of our industry? You know, right. you're gonna have to um, rebuild the shit all over again, because cats are not qualified, or they don't have the mentoring that they need, or they don't have the experience that they need. Yeah, you got to cultivate that shit, or your shit is going to be raggedy, and it's going to be hard to rebuild it, you know, because y'all yeah. y'all are busy, and it, you're going to be too busy doing all the jobs that you shouldn't have to do, because there should be qualified people at the ready for those positions. Absolutely. So we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> good that's what I like to hear so my final question is what is the worst job you've ever had um the worst job I've ever had was when I was a waitress <laughs> oh god <laughs> I was a waitress and this job actually enabled me the ability to go and start freelancing and do do what I'm doing now mm-hmm so it's funny how like sometimes the worst thing ever is like the catalyst for like the best thing ever. 
Um, so I was a waitress and I had at a diner in the city on like, uh, on, on a, I think it was on Park Avenue, like Gramercy area. Oh God. And, um, and I had, <laughs> and I worked overnight shifts Ugh, gross. and, and, and the, um, the restaurant was going through a change of management. Mm. so and and there was like different owners like there was some there was one owner that would come in and would just be like belligerent and like yell and um and complain about everything there would be another owner who would come in and he would barely talk to people and um you know and you would wait on him and I don't even remember if he really tipped us or not I don't think he did it (laughs) I don't think he did sounds like a fuckery fest yeah, it was a very toxic work environment to say the least. So, um, but my coworkers were awesome. Like all the waiters and waitresses I worked with were really dope. And um, I remember I got the flu and I had to work an overnight shift and I contacted mm-hmm. one of my coworkers and I was like, hey, um, I, I'm pretty sure I have the flu. Like I'm down bad. I cannot, I, I, one, I can't really work. I'm so sick and two, I'm not serving people food with the flu. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, probably not the best idea. No. <laughs> so I asked, I asked her to cover my shift. And mind you, like I said, they were we were in the middle of like a transition. And it was and it was overnight. So this is like one or two in the morning that I'm contacting her. Mm-mm. Um, and so I was like, can you just, you know, take over my shift? I get a call, I want to say like five or six in the morning from this new manager that was like part of this, you know um new uh uh shift in management Mm -hmm. screaming at me Mm -mm. screaming at me because I didn't come to work and um you know I don't call my I don't he was basically like I should have called him like it was a lot of ego stuff like I should have called him it's an overnight shift why am I calling you in the middle of the night to say what and not the person who's like gonna cover my shift like it's not like you left the shift uncovered right screaming at me belligerently screaming at me and I was just like correct. <laughs> the, phone. the only it's right response employment the next day <laughs> correct and based on that I was able to do that unpaid internship because I had unemployment <laughs> oh <from my God. laughs> the shitty job um and change the trajectory of my life look at that look at that <laughs> if it wasn't for a fucking a shit poor management ass bitch we wouldn't have the quan right now <laughs> right i love so, it I, I, yeah i anytime something crazy happens like i'm like something really great's about to happen every uh-huh. time so you know that, i love that though because it's kind of like you know, I, I tend to wallow when I'm like, oh, my God, it's all in the shitter. It's fucking uh, we're never getting out. But then at the same time, I'm still a Sagittarian. So I kind of kind of be like, well, there's got to be this is all temporary. This is a shit show right at this moment. You're going to come out on the other side. But, you know, I, I have to wallow initially. <laughs> you got to feel all the feelings, you know, right. you can't like you can't deny your feelings because that's how you end up like years later with like a nervous breakdown. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you gotta up. get the screaming and cussing in, or it's just kind of, you know, you're just going to sit on that, like, like an egg that never hatches. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. No, you, you definitely have to just release, you know, like relax, relate, release, like Whitley says and move on and you're better for it. I mean, anytime I hold stuff inside, I'm, I'm telling you, it's like years later where I'm like, I'm still mad about that. Right. It's like, what is like, wrong with you? <laughs> like, why am I still mad about that? I should have just let that go in the moment or just told the person how I felt or right. whatever. So, right. <clears throat> right. So, how does it feel getting like all this OG love? I've been reading all the write ups and um, all this really good response to your work on uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. How's that feel? It feels really, I mean, it, I feel so many things and it's sometimes hard to put into words because for one, I'm just not used to um, getting this much like love and recognition from my industry. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I had kind of told myself like, one, you know, because I don't have all these connections and because I am a young black woman, like I'm just largely ignored, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I had just kind of been like, okay, 
Like, this is what it is. And so when I finished Judas, I had basically been like, I did the best work of my life and I'm happy with myself and my work. And that was enough. Mm-hmm. So when I started getting all this recognition, I was like, like, kind of hey. confused. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> and, and not because I didn't think my work was good. I just never expected people to respond the way that they are to me, just based off of how I've been treated in the past right. or the other the experiences that I've had in the past in this right. And so I was just like, is this real? Like, <laughs> are, are, you know, are they, they're, oh, like, this is real? I mean, and I'm so grateful. And it's great because there's so many amazing like-minded people in my industry who have found me and reached out to me. I love that. And, and um, you know, like, and I'm talking people like I super admire their their careers have like sent me personal emails. About I love how, that. Yeah. And like, and so like, I'm a little dumbfounded by it all. Cause I'm just like, wait, what, you know? <laughs> um, but it's just, it's just proof that like, whatever is for you is for you. And you don't have to do nothing but like show up and do the work. You know what I mean? It. That's it. And that's it. And that's, and that's the lesson. And, um, and I'm really grateful. I'm really, really grateful because um, one, like this movie is touching people in ways that I haven't even, I didn't even like think about or expect, you know, some yeah. of the notes and messages I'm getting from colleagues, new colleagues, old colleagues, friends, you know, yeah. family members. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's it's amazing it's amazing and I'm so grateful and like I said some days I'm dumbfounded I mean I literally had a call with my agent yesterday where I was like I'm used to like begging to be seen and begging for work and then like you're sending me all this stuff and it's overwhelming and I'm just like I love it though I love I don't know yeah I love that it's a great but like scary problem to have but I love it though I love it because like I've been admiring your work for a while and like you're just like, I like that you just get to it. Like, you just put your head down, you do the research. Like, I remember the early stages when you were working on the film and, like, how thoughtful you were about everything. And it all showed up on the screen. And I think that's what everybody's responding to. Like, I mean, like, there was shit that some of these folks were wearing. I was like, so we going to... um produce this in such a way so that a girl can get into it like some of these suits and these looks and like just the the flair and the flourish like you know the the fashion and I love that it wasn't just kind of I love that you did your research and to the point where it wasn't like it wasn't all other jackets and berets for everybody like this it was regional everybody in a certain region had a certain look in the party and all of the folks that they worked with had a certain look for that period in the party and I like that it wasn't just like you know like you know sometimes you see period pieces and cats get lazy and you can tell where it's like all right everybody's getting a leather jacket and a gold chain or something everybody's getting a turtleneck you know what I mean it's like you can tell that you really put the thought into it and I, I think that was part of also what helped obviously helped move the story because I mean I was bereft at the end to be honest and I didn't realize just how young everybody was like everybody yeah, was so crazy. young like you know, William O'Neill was a fucking kid. You know what I mean? But, you know, you just don't think, like, he's still the bad guy as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, I understand how he got manipulated into what he got manipulated into because he was a fucking kid. And mm-hmm. it's just, and then it's just kind of like, oh, look at, look at, look at the government being garbage. Always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always. Yep. Yeah. I love, I did love reading that article about how they want to take Hoover's name off the FBI building. I love that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the, uh, I can't remember the politician's name right now, but um, this is the second time he's introducing this. He he saw a documentary about how J. Edgar Hoover treated, um, um, you know, queer people, and that was what initially inspired it. And then this movie, our movie, Jews and the Black Messiah, inspired him to reintroduce it. I love it, and well, that's, um, that's what you want for yeah. your work, right? To like move things in the real world. You know what I'm saying? Like you want it to jump off the screen and make people feel things and make action based on that and that's 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 fucking dope like that's literally yeah, all you can ask for really it is and you know and it's it's interesting because this is like um this isn't the first time that's happened so the second film that i did the inevitable defeat of mr and pete um mm-hmm. michelle obama screened it at the white house as part of like this childhood poverty initiative that she mm-hmm. was um working on at the time 
and to bring to light like you know issues that young children are dealing with mm-hmm. you know in, in in inner cities and various communities and like what child poverty looks like in in America and I was like I was shocked I never thought that that movie would make it to the White House I you know? know I know and yeah and they screened it at the White House in a special screening room and all this stuff and I was not invited, but Ooh, it's, trash. It's, it's cool. <laughs> it's, it's cool. It's a cool story, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's a cool story, but it just shows you, like, again, you know, what art can do and how art can inspire people in so many different ways, Absolutely. from politics to you know, fellow artists. I mean, there's so much um, fan art popping up based on Judas, like murals, paintings. Um, th- there was a kid who um I don't know if he's a kid but a young man who designed a clothing line oh wow you know where it's like images of chairman Fred and quotes and stuff like that um and uh a young journalist sent it to me and I was like wow this this is amazing um this girl did like nail art with her favorite scenes yeah from the movie I love that yeah nail art so there's like an image of like uh, O'Neill in that khaki suit pulling up to the table at the restaurant. Uh-huh. Um, the the uh, people's church scene where you know Chairman Fred's you know screaming "I am a revolutionary" like uh-huh. the wide shot of that. She painted all this wow. on nails. I and, love um, that. Yeah, and it, it's it's so amazing just how creative people mm. have gotten and how it's inspiring so many different people in so many different ways um yeah and and that's what you want you know that's what you want it's this is it's it's definitely a moment and it's a moment for you know young black people because I feel like um you know had there been social media when like Malcolm X came out when I was a kid it would probably Mm -hmm. feel the same way but yeah you know being that we do have like these these um these mediums to be like a lot more expressive and interact with each other around art it's so cool it's so cool I love it. I, I love everything about it. And I love watching this just all unfold because I know how hard you work and I know how much, you know, intention and, and detail, you know, the work. I've seen how you work. And I think this is a wonderful thing to come out of it. I think that's amazing. Well, that's yeah. for my questions. You've made it to the end. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thank you. And also, um, where can the people find you and what are you working on? Um, you can find me at charliseantoinette.com and at charliseantoinette on Instagram. And my Twitter is at Charlize Designs. Um, Facebook is also Charlize Antoinette, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if, you know, you my name is pretty unique so I pop up if you if you google me um and what I'm working on next I'm not sure I keep getting scripts and I'm reading a bunch of things and I'm trying to like figure out what is going to be my next project but mainly what I'm working on is getting organized for how busy I'm about to be <laughs> yeah <laughs> man you're about to be in demand sis it's about to be popping popping I love it yeah, I love it so, so much, much structuring things out and getting organized so I can take on all this stuff I love it I love everything about it especially when that Oscar hits girl it's gonna be real real (laughs) oh my god the announcements are the 15th Woo! next week yeah it's kind of crazy it's lit (laughs) I I love it I can't wait I'm, I'm putting it into the world now it's happening it's happening it is happening so. It definitely could. I mean, the CDG nom is like, you know, on the way. So it could, definitely could. And I mean, everyone's been doing well in a lot of the things that I've seen. Dan, you've been uh, walking off with some love. So yeah, he's like getting everything. He's I not love really it. like, you getting all the noms and awards. It's great. I like he it. He's got a, a BAFTA nomination today. I love and it. And then so did Dominique. She got her first nomination yay pace fam um, in the building i love it i love it yeah i'm rooting so, for yeah, her she, extra hard <laughs> yeah so she got she got a bath the nom and then um the the whole cast got an ensemble nomination at the critics choice award but they didn't um they didn't take it home i think Ooh. the chicago seven did i know i was I like not mm, they shouldn't take it 
I didn't watch that movie. I think partly because I know what it's going to be because of uh, the director and the writer. It's going to be super talky. And I was going to be like, I just, I'm not going to be able to sit through, even if beautiful. Yeah. It's, it. it's a lot of dialogue. It yeah. is. It's a, yeah. it's a lot of dialogue. I mean, it's, it's a courtroom drama. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um, so you got to be ready and prepared. Yeah. I haven't been in the mood for all that talking. I knew it was going to be wild talky and not so much action. So I just yes. was like, all right. Cause you know, it's, it's man's them from the West Wing, and he likes yes. to talk. So you know, big pontification and energy. So I was like, I, yes. I got to be in the mood for that, and I ain't been in the mood. <laughs> I mean, you got to know yourself. You got to know, like, am I gonna? I have to watch this during the day, right? Right. Late trying to watch this because I got. Yeah. You have to set yourself up because there's so many, especially now in this panoramic where there's just so many feelings about so many feelings. Like mm-hmm. I, I've been avoiding a lot of things because I have too many feelings and I don't like it. So mm-hmm, like even mm-hmm. watching Judas and the Black Messiah, I was like, I have to carve out this time because I know by the end of it, even though I know what happens, because mm-hmm. I know what happens, I have to be prepared for the feelings that I have at the end of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I mean, I, yeah. And Judas is hard because I feel like, um, you know, you get a sense of, you kind of get to know you know, Chairman Fred in this way that um, I don't think people have, you know what I mean? Because he's like come alive in this really awesome way. Like he's a human person. Like, you know, when we, you know, they, they, they canonize people in such a way where you don't really see their humanity. And I love films that tap into that humanity and let you see them as just regular loving people because in the end mm-hmm. everything that motivated him was out of love right love for his mm-hmm. woman love for his child love for his community love for his people so like it was nice to just see him jump out as a human man who was just mm-hmm. out here trying to make the world better for everybody really and it was it was a it was really which was why it was so difficult by the time mm-hmm. we got to the end, because it was like, look at what could have been, you know, like they do this all the time. They've done mm-hmm. this all the time. They're still doing it. You know, like we're still mm-hmm. fighting the same fight. It's so draining. So I knew I was going to have feelings and I was like, let me just, uh, where's my cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the yeah. marijuana's? <laughs> yeah, that's, a lot it was all very well done and kudos to you and kudos to everyone involved like directors writers the 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 whole crew like y'all did that y'all did that and if you talk to um dominique tell her that her pace sister says she is a fucking star yeah (laughs) i will that girl she she's going places she's one to watch absolutely no, I absolutely agree. I'm so happy for her. She would be on well-deserved for her as well. Absolutely. You know, she's been out here doing great work for a while. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm super excited for her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it for our talk. I'm so happy we were able to do this. And like, I mean, because I know you booked and busy, sis. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I'm glad I was able to lock you down for a little bit so that we could chat. <laughs> no thank you I'm it's always a pleasure to like link up with like my friends who have podcasts because it's just so fun and informal and you know I I you know and it's funny because some people are like I just didn't want to ask you because you're too busy and I'm like I literally said me. the same thing but I was please like please ask me let me just ask <laughs> please ask me because it's just a different vibe and it's nice yeah you know you don't have to deal with all the stuff and like you don't have to like it's just us we talking right in the house <laughs> just the only difference is not the stoop <laughs> right exactly thing. it's not the soup i know it's getting warm out yeah it's oh, warm it's today i'm gonna definitely go for a walk after this because it's nice. beautiful out for once so i'm gonna make it happen for myself and i need to walk around because a girl has been uh atrophying in the house <laughs> my muscles it. are like girl you have to get up <laughs> Any Hooser, thank you so much for coming on to the show. This was such a delight and it's been wonderful to hear how you work and uh, I'm very excited for what's next for you. <laughs> thank you. I'm so happy I could do it. And that was my conversation with Charlize Antoinette Jones. I hope you guys enjoyed it. She is so fly and so smart and like I love how she puts some serviciness into the work that she does and also is working to cultivate the next generation of costume designers. And I'm here for it. Um, each one teach one and all that. Any hooser. 
let's get into these key takeaways. This week's key takeaway is I don't really have one. Um, I just wanted to take a moment to uh, thank everybody. This is my 21st podcast. It is old enough to buy itself a drink. Um, those of you who've been here riding from the beginning, I see you and I appreciate you. Those of you who are just finding it, shout out to you. Uh, welcome. And really, I don't have much else to say other than that, other than... um. Black people are good and tired. <laughs> Please acknowledge this fact. We are tired. And every few months, every few hours, there is someone who either becomes a hashtag or isn't a hashtag, names that you know and names that you don't. There are people who you never learn about who have been traumatized by this um, wretched uh, state-sanctioned system of abuse. And basically... I just am tired to my very bone marrow of everything. Like there was a point where I felt like maybe I was broken because I didn't have like an immediate reaction. But now I realize that I am sitting on a cauldron of anxiety. So that's my reaction. Um, having this type of shit happen all the time is just a, a regular, draining, unhealthy situation for all of us to be living under because all of this shit hurts white folks too they don't see it though but it does um and it's just it's just draining and all of this performative bullshit from last year and some of what folks are doing this year barely I actually prefer the non-performative shit like instead of your stupid black boxes and your pronouncements about supporting black businesses and your listicles about black businesses you never checked for in any you know, way, shape, or form before this, how all horrible fuck shit that continues every single goddamn day happened. I, you know, cute, but we see it. We, we, we see it. We, you not low. Anyway, I don't really have any much, any more to say other than take care of yourselves. Um, get to them vaccines if you can. Keep washing your hands. Keep wearing the masks. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And I will talk to you all next week.